We're family, right? I'm just not eating that. Even though I would probably eat off my kid's plate. A little different. Well, bless you. Those of you that are here for the first time, we, this kind of looks different. We've been doing this for four weeks, doing a series called Relate, Real Talks About Real Life. And uh, it has just been me and my beautiful wife, Elizabeth, sharing on some what we feel like are some real topics, some real issues that, that people are going through. Amen. And it's kind of um, unique that we're talking about peace um, because it seems like over the last two days, it's, we've had everything but peace. This is true. Yeah. You want to share a little bit about no, that? No, I really don't. <laughs> <laughs> so this is real. Yeah. <laughs> Trying to get my remote up. I was not prepared again. I uh, was helping a first-time family um, get their kids checked into children's church this morning. And if you've ever done that with me, y'all all know I do not know what I'm doing at all. <laughs> and there was a line of people lined up needing to get their kids checked in. And I'm like, I'm sorry, but I'm not leaving. I'm not, I'm not abandoning my post. And then sure enough, I looked down and service had already started. So I uh, came running in and um, I'm well, and it's praying just, for peace. Yeah, <laughs> and this morning, funny thing. Um, I woke up to this really odd sound of water, like gurgling water. And I thought, what is going on? And sure enough, Paul comes walking out and he says, we have no water. And I'm like, but I hear water. I think it was all the water leaving. I don't really know. <laughs> but we had no water. And so, bless his heart, he had to be here early on a Sunday morning. And then, bless my heart. Bless your heart. He danced all night with our girls at the father-daughter date night. Got up early. Yeah, no water. Then, like, ten minutes after he leaves, he shows back up. And he had spilt coffee on his clothes. <laughs> then, I get a text message from him that says, did Pete already leave? I forgot to eat breakfast. So it's been crazy. It really is not that bad when you kind of hear it. <laughs> but at the time, it seems like the world's coming to an end. And what was sad is Pete had already left, so I couldn't even send food. <laughs> okay, go ahead. So, peace. Give us peace, Lord. <laughs> um, let's just start with Matthew chapter 5, and let's just dive in. We're talking about peace today. It says, blessed are the peacemakers, for they will be called the children of God. Something that has always jumped off the page on this scripture is we can pray for peace and pray for peace and pray for peace. But God says, blessed are the peacemakers. Yeah. So again, that puts a little bit of the uh, responsibility on who? Us, mm -hmm. the peacemakers. Blessed are the peacemakers. So we're supposed to make the peace, right? And Amen. something that we are so messed up on, on uh, in our nation, in the world, is what the definition of peace is. And what the world's definition of peace and what God's definition of peace, they are totally different. This type of peace is real peace. This is the type of peace that gets down into your soul and into your spirit. That no matter what's going on in the world, it's not going to shake you. There is a peace that even goes beyond our understanding. Mm -hmm. That's the peace that God wants to give you. Blessed are the peacemakers, godly peacemakers. 
You, do you kind of follow that? So, so today, it's kind of my hope and intention that we talk about, if, we, if we're going to be peacemakers, then we need to know how to make peace, right? So there's got to be a recipe. God's got to give me a recipe. Any of you guys ever, you ladies that cook probably would not relate to this, but I, number one, I can't cook. Number two, I can't cook without a recipe. And even with a recipe, I have a tendency of messing it up. Can anybody agree? And Elizabeth will go, oh, you did this or you did that or you did this or you did that. I'm like, no, I didn't. It's on the recipe. Yeah, but you read it wrong. He put all-purpose flour in biscuits instead of self-rising flour, which was not good. And even though I prayed over them, <laughs> they still didn't rise. How many of you know you can pray and pray and pray and pray? But unless you're doing what God's called you to do, unless you're sowing seed in the ground, you can pray over that ground all day long, but nothing's going to come out. you got to sow. So we've got to know how to make peace. So let's start and let's look at uh, Philippians chapter 4, verse 4. And it's so good because uh, the worship team this morning, um, again, we do not uh, do this on purpose. I believe God does it on purpose. But we were talking, our song was, I will rejoice in the simple gospel. And that's my scripture today. Rejoice. It's a choice to rejoice. That's kind of funny. Uh, rejoice in the Lord always. Again, I say rejoice. Let your gentleness be known to all men. The Lord is at hand. Be anxious for nothing, but in everything by prayer and supplication, with thanksgiving, let your request be known to God. And the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding, will guard your heart and minds through Christ Jesus. Now, I think that many of us can quote this verse. In fact, my dad, this is a big scripture that he, he quotes. I, I can just hear. It's such an awesome thing to ha have your father's head in your voice, in your, in your, in your mind, in your voice. In your, head. your father's head in your voice. His your father's voice, in your, voice in your head. Yes. <laughs> His voice in your head. Yeah, they got it. Yeah. It took a while. <laughs> but can I tell you, that's exactly what the Lord is trying to do is to get his voice in your head. His voice in your head. And it's so easy to look at the scripture and recognize peace that passes understanding. But if we'll look prior, if we'll look to the scriptures before, it's giving us the recipe to this almost uncomprehendable peace. Do you guys follow? So we need to go back and take a look at how to find peace in a stressful situation in a stressful life, in a tough life. That's where God wants you to find peace. Not when things are going well, mm -hmm. but when things aren't. That's the peace of God. That we can sustain that, that we can hold on to Him and have His peace, even through challenges. Right. Amen. Yeah, and I think this verse is so significant. Actually, I pray this verse all the time because it says... Um, but in everything, by prayer and supplication, with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known to God. And I have to remind myself that, <clears throat> that in everything, pray about everything. Like when I start to get overcome with worry or fear or anxiety, um, you know, we've got to remember to take those things to the Lord, to pray about those things. 
Um, and it says very clearly, let your requests be made known to God. And then the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding, will come and guard your heart and your mind. And, and you know, it's like I just trade that worry, that anxiety, that pressure, all those things that are weighing down on me, on you, we take them to the Lord in prayer, and then it's like we get that peace that surpasses all understanding. It comes and it guards our hearts and our minds. My mind, my heart, that's a good place to be, but we've got to take it to the Lord first. Amen. So we're going to look at three steps to having peace in the midst. your steps. No, you didn't. Okay, you did fine. <laughs> Three steps to having peace in a stressful life in a, when we're under anxiety. Number one is to pray with thanksgiving. That's tough, but I think that Scripture confirms it over and over and over. That the, Paul, Paul gives the Philippians this command to don't be anxious about anything, but in everything with prayer and supplication or with prayer and petition. God says, go ahead and tell me what you're going through. Part of your peace needs to come through you telling me what you're going through. When I tell God what I went through this morning, I can quickly see that really wasn't that bad. Mm -hmm. On the scale of the things that we go through in life, this morning was not that bad of a morning. Mm -hmm. Not having water. This is the first Sunday that I've preached and not had a shower. <laughs> so forgive me, first-time guests, all of y'all that I ran into this morning. <laughs> and I spent a lot of time with you this morning. And you're probably thinking, uh... I did think I smelled something <laughs> because I was at the father-daughter dance last night, and I do not sit in the chair. We dance. We, I do the wobble, and I do all the other stupid stuff, and I do the... <laughs> I can do the stanky leg. It may not look all that great, but I do it. Those of y'all that don't know what I'm talking about, don't Google it. Just leave it. <laughs> Just leave it there. Just don't know. So, yes, I've got the stanky. You're the, I'm the stanky pre preacher <laughs> today. Not really. Well, it's a relative term. <laughs> but when I offer my anxieties up to God, he offers up peace. Do you see that if I will just acknowledge God in my anxiety, he will acknowledge me with peace. It's such a good trade-off. Mm -hmm. do, do you follow that? If we would just acknowledge him and to turn our anxiety into a prayer of thanksgiving. In 1 Thessalonians chapter 5, it says, give thanks in all circumstances. We all say all circumstances. All circumstances. For this is God's will for you in Christ Jesus. Now, what I want you to catch, you guys know the scripture in James that says, consider it all joy when you're going through various trials. You know, I don't like that scripture. It's not, there's some that I just can charge the mountain with. That's not one of them. Consider it joy that I'm going through this. Yay, let's go. Oh, okay. But, but something that I believe that this scripture shows us, it says give thanks in all, in all circumstances. Not, um... For all. For, thank you, Lord, for my situation. No. I don't believe he even put me there. I don't even believe it's his fault. But thank you in this situation because you are going to help me through what I'm going through. 
do you catch the difference between for and in? Thank you, Lord, where I am and you're with me. The Word of God says, I am Emmanuel, God with us. That if we will listen, he will be saying, good morning, church on the hill. I'm with you and I've got your problems in my hand. I don't even need your help with them. If you'll just let me have them, I've got you. Emmanuel, God with us. In all circumstances, give thanks. Amen? Amen. You got bad news? Mm -hmm. Thank God for this opportunity to grow in faith. Thank Him that the Holy Spirit is able to provide you with every need you may have. And that the trouble we are to put into His hands. Isn't that good? Mm -hmm. That's peace. Mm -hmm. God with us. Amen. I just feel like I want to read one thing that um, Paul and I had walked through a time in our life where there wasn't a lot of peace. And in that time, um, I began to do a word study on peace. And one of the things that I learned, and I think that this may help you as you're walking through these circumstances, that it's hard to, to find peace in them. Um, I just want to tell you the meaning of the word peace. And by the way, according to Luke, Jesus came to guide our feet into the way of peace. So that's, that's what he does. Um, but peace, that word is irene. And it's a state of rest or quietness and calmness. Doesn't that sound good? A state of rest, quietness calmness, and absence of strife, tranquility. It generally denotes a perfect well-being. Doesn't that sound good? Irene includes harmonious relationships between God and man. And isn't that what we want to be in harmony with God, our relationship? Um, and with men and men, so among people, among people, and nations, and families. So, I mean, God's looking to do this in every aspect of our life. Um, you know, as individuals, in your mind, in your families, in your relationships. Um, and Jesus is the Prince of Peace who gives peace to those who call upon him for personal salvation. So I just want you guys to keep that in mind as we move through this. Amen. And what he promises, you guys um, have heard, you, you guys know the, the expression uh, bodyguard, right? We see these singers or actors that have bodyguards there to literally guard their body. But what God promises us is if we will give him our anxieties and respond by prayer of thankfulness, he won't guard our bodies. He will guard our mind. Yeah. What does it say? He will guard our hearts and our minds. Yeah. Do you know that that's where our battle is? Scripture tells us that our battle is not in the flesh. Our battle is in the mind. Yeah. And God is on the hook for guarding your heart and your mind. That whole, all that we sang this morning, that last song that we sang was talking about words that have been spoken over you that aren't true. And as we begin to give God our stresses and anxieties, he guards our heart and our mind. 
Scripture says to guard your heart with all diligence, for out of it flows the issues of life. Mm -hmm. And do you know who's on the, on the hook for guarding your heart? God. And when he guards our heart, nothing gets by it. Do you follow that? How do we guard our heart? By coming to the Lord, giving him our anxieties in prayer and in supplication, in petition, giving thanks for all things. He gives us peace and guards our heart and our mind. Can y'all grasp that? Amen. Isn't that good? So in reality, what I hear you saying, I think, is that we have a part in that we have to guard our hearts. But essentially, that's guarding it and giving it to the Lord, giving sure. it all those fears and anxieties and problems. And then really, he's the ultimate guard. He is. He's that bodyguard. That's right. And guards our mind and our heart. That's good. Amen. So Philippians chapter 4, if we continue this scripture, it says, finally, brethren... Whatever things are true, whatever things are noble, whatever things are just, whatever things are pure, whatever things are lovely, whatever things are of good report, if there is any virtue and if there is anything praiseworthy, meditate on these things. Mm -hmm. Now, I want you to catch this. This came right after what we just read in Philippians chapter 4, verse 7. And the peace of God, which passes all understanding, will guard your heart and mind through Christ Jesus. So, we are, <laughs> excuse me, what are we supposed to do? If you read the Amplified, it says, where we just read, meditate on these things. The Amplified says, fix your mind on all that is good. Fix your mind on all that is good. Now, as I was studying, I came across uh, some data that says that, that on average we have about 60,000 thoughts a day. Many of you ladies may be thinking your husbands don't, but studies have shown that we have about 60,000 thoughts a day. Now, 95% of these thoughts are recurring thoughts, thoughts that you've already had before. But on the average, 80% of those thoughts are negative. They're negative. And unfortunately, our brains are wired to pay more attention to the negative things than we do the positive. Can anybody relate? Anybody here ever have negative thoughts? Yeah. So, through an MRI, researchers have seen and have proven that negative thoughts stimulate the area of the brain that promotes depression and anxiety these thoughts that we have, but also they've proven that positive thoughts bring forth the, this cascade of positive hormones that can result in calm and in peace. So you can see as scripture here in Philippians chapter 4 is trying to say, the Lord is saying, I know you're having thoughts. I know you are. I created you, but I want you to pay attention to your thoughts. I want you to be thinking about your thoughts and get them placed in order, in kingdom order, so that we can live in peace even though we may be living in the middle of a very tough circumstance. Anybody here going through tough circumstances? All of you. I know. We are. But the Lord says, I've got you covered if you will give your circumstances and your life and your thoughts to me. So when you're stressed out, what happens? 
all we think about is what's going wrong, right? All we think about, anybody here have a tendency of expecting the worst? I hate that. I hate it when someone comes and the only thought they can have is that the worst scenario is possible. I'm like, wait a minute, there's a lot of other scenarios that can happen here. Oh, no, there's not. There's just this one. Uh, no, there's others. Let's just talk about it. But unfortunately, we grab hold of these negative thoughts. There's a story of, uh, from, the, from the play or from the uh, book, Peter Pan, where um, he's flying and the, the children all want to fly. And the kids are saying, I want to fly too. And Peter Pan says, all you got to do is just have wonderful, happy thoughts. And you'll rise. So how do we take a stressful, hard, harsh situation where we're, our minds are wanting to go into the gutter and go into the negative? Well, then we've got to place it through this filter of Philippians chapter 4, verse 8. That we are to take our thoughts and hold on to whatever is true. Did you catch what it said? Hold on to what is true. What's rooted in reality. Not just based on our assumptions. To hold on to what is noble. What's above board or going the extra mile. To hold on to what is right. To hold on to what is pure. To hold on to what is lovely. Whatever is admirable. Whatever is excellent. Whatever is praiseworthy. I want you to know that in the midst of you walking through hell, there is truth and there is hope and there are good words and good thoughts to hang on to. Those are the ones you hang on to, not the negative ones. But sometimes you've got to list what you're thinking. Mm -hmm. Anybody ever wrote down what you're thinking? It will change your life. Mm -hmm. Amen. To take your thoughts. And you know this whole thing from Philippians chapter 4, verse 8. Whatever things are true, whatever things are noble, whatever things are just, whatever things are pure, whatever things are lonely, what, lo lonely, lovely, whatever things are of good report, if there's any virtue and if there's anything praiseworthy, meditate on these things. I want you to know it is a choice. Yeah. You must choose. The same way when you get up in the morning and you want to stay in bed and be sad, it says rejoice in the Lord always. Again, I say rejoice. It is a choice. Mm -hmm. My attitude is a choice. My bad attitude is a choice. My choice. It's not my spouse's fault. It's not the president's fault. It's not the nation's fault. It's not the church's fault. My choice is my fault. Me, if I will take ownership, if I will give the Lord my thoughts and be real with Him and really own what it is that I'm doing, He's going to rescue me. Mm -hmm. Every time. He is faithful, but when you're lying, when you're placing responsibility in other areas, God's just going to say, I'm not going to bless that. I want to bless you, but be honest with me. Come to me. Give me your heart. You know, it's funny because this week um, I teach a class that's called, um, what is it called? Family Gosh, systems? no. Oh, guidance of young children. Sorry. 
I read two chapters before I came here this morning, by the way. Um, for those of you who don't know, I'm, I'm uh, doing a lot. Anyways, so, so I was teaching this class, and, and it was on the subject of social-emotional competence in children, like helping children learn how to process their own feelings and, and also being able to recognize other people's feelings. This is very important for human development. Anyway, so we did this activity, and I love how so much of what I do and what I'm interested in, I see kingdom principles in it. And um, Thursday, in order to teach children how to process emotions, we were using the terms um, cloudy thoughts and rainy thoughts. And it was literally a T-chart. And like list, here's my cloudy thoughts about this. And then here's my sunny thoughts. And, you know, I think about sometimes, and, and here's the, the kingdom dynamics of this, that I think sometimes it's important to just put those things down on paper and say, okay, here, here are my negative thoughts on this. But really, what's God say about this? And look for those positive things because it's really a choice. And I think that that's what that scripture was saying, and that's what Pastor Paul was trying to say that, you know what, we've got to make that choice to say, okay, even though I've got this list of stuff, and I guarantee you, I know you guys, I know us, we all have a list of cloudy thoughts or negative things that we're walking through. But what's God saying about those things? And what are the positive things that we can choose to focus on? And to start to choose on just being thankful. Um, I just think it's, I think it's so vital um, that we do that, and and literally, in one of the activities, it's funny, that I just did this Thursday, it was called changing the channel, and I think sometimes we just need to change the channel, like, okay, I'm going to change from thinking the bad thoughts, and I'm going to choose to think according to what God says, and you know what, he's good, he has a good plan, and go read, where is it? I wrote it down. It's Matthew 6, 25, where he says, don't worry. Look at the birds. Look at the lilies. Look at how I clothe them and feed them. Like, I'm taking care of you. He gave us that whole parable to, like, say, I got it. I'm with you. I'm not leaving you. I'm not forsaking you. So just make a decision to focus on those things. He's good. He's Amen. got a good plan. Let's uh, let's attack this. I, I like to attack. Um, you may be saying, okay, this is all well and good, but this isn't helping me much. Good. <laughs> I'm, I'm, we're, we're trying to engage. We're trying to engage the Lord. It says, for, for though we live in the world, we don't war. Uh, we do not wage war as the world does. Mikey, if you don't help, if you don't mind, just help me out here. The weapons we fight are not... Uh, fight with are not the weapons of the world. On the contrary, they have divine power, divine power to demolish strongholds. We demolish arguments and every pretension that sets itself up against the knowledge of God, and we take every thought cap and we take captive every thought to make it obedient to Christ. Who takes it captive? We do. We do. The thoughts that you're having, you have the authority and the responsibility to take them captive. No one else. You. You have the authority over your thoughts. Unfortunately, we live in a life where our thoughts have us captivated. The roles, 
we've reversed the roles. We've given authority to our thoughts. And we need to take that back and we need to take authority of our thoughts. Get them written down. Line them up with the word of God and burn them. I mean literally put them in a trash can and burn them. And then replace those thoughts with God's word. Amen. With God's promises. Do you hear me? This, will, this is going to change you. But you've got to write these things down. You've got to allow the Holy Spirit to defeat those negative, anxious, impure thoughts. Think about the game Whack-A-Mole. When it pops up, whack that sucker. Anybody remember that dumb game? Thoughts. It's not spouses for you to whack your husband. Or husbands to whack your wives. Don't do that. Whack your thoughts. Finally, step three, imitate godly people. Watch this, Philippians 4, 9. Whatever you've learned or received or heard from me or seen in me, put it into practice. And the peace of God will be with you. This whole scripture goes in order. We are building. Finally, we are to put into practice what we have learned. When it comes to dealing with stress and anxiety, there are wrong ways to do that. We get angry and violent. We drink and we smoke and we eat. We escape into TV. But what Paul says to do is to imitate the behaviors that you have seen, godly behaviors that we have seen from his word, from his people. 1 Corinthians chapter 15, verse 33 says, Don't be misled. Good company corrupts good character. What you hang around, you become. Have you ever heard that expression? If you hang around, stink enough, you're going to start to stink. It's a, it, it's a little bit different wording, but I'm trying to be PG in here. Okay. Um, have you ever noticed that if you hang around someone with an accent, you start to pick up that accent? You can't help it. When you hang around people that have bad language... All of a sudden, it becomes easier to let a four-letter word slip out of your mouth. If you hang around people that complain all the time, next thing you know, you're complaining all the time. Right? So how do we have a godly accent? And I think this is where we, we have to guard our heart. Um, you know, bad company corrupts good character, and it's so true. We imitate behavior. It's human nature. We imitate behavior, and uh, it's so important to surround yourself with godly people who are making good choices, um, and I think this is huge for young people, but I'm telling you, this is a big deal for, uh, for us older folks, too, um, you know, that we surround ourselves with people who are making good choices and running after the things of God um, and, <clears throat> and speaking positively, um, and it doesn't mean that we have to be in denial, but you know what? To have a friend who will lift you up instead of tear you down. It is so vital um, on this. I believe it's really a war in our mind, that battlefield of the mind. It's, it's really key. Amen. Well, as we're getting to the point of wrapping things up, I can't leave this part out, that God is the God of peace. I don't know if you know the names of God, but one of the names of God is Jehovah Shalom. 
And it is not just I am the God of peace. I am the God, your peace. Mm -hmm. If you have received Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, you have received the God, your peace. He is your peace. Now, I want to just give you this scripture. It's from Judges. And I don't know if you know the story, but this is going to be short. But it's the story of Gideon. And the children of Israel were getting defeated. They were in terrible shape. It was just disaster after disaster everywhere. Until the children of Israel finally cried out to the Lord saying, God, where are you? We need you. We repent. Come back. We have arrived in hell. We finally see that God, our God, is not with us. So he calls Gideon. And the Lord says, hey, Gideon, I'm here. And I want you to help my children get saved, get saved from what they're going through. And Gideon's like, oh, yeah? Well, if that's who you are, where have you been? Where are these miracles? Where are you? Where have you been? And God says, I'm here. I'm with you. Go back and read Judges chapter 6. And he says, God says to Gideon, go and fight. I'm with you. And Gideon's like, uh, haven't you seen what's going on around here? It doesn't feel like you're with us. Gideon says, okay, if you're with us, I want you to show me a sign. Basically, let the dew lay here and let it not lay over here. God says, okay. He gets up the next morning, just like he said, dew's there, not on the fleece over here. Awesome. Gideon's like, um, still not quite so sure. Don't know that I really want to go into this fight yet. Flip it. Make the dew lay on this side and not on that side. Now, to me, I'd be thinking if I were God, I don't play games like this. Go do what I'm saying. God says, no. Okay. So he flips it. Gideon says, okay. Gideon starts getting his army together. God says, oh, you got too many. And by the way, Gideon in this scripture says, uh, God, by the way, my clan is the weakest clan and I'm the weakest in the family. God says, it's okay. I am Jehovah Shalom. I am the God, your peace. Now, if you know the story, he winds up taking 20,000 down to 10,000 down to 300 against thousands. And God just shows himself to be mighty. But I want you to know, God revealed himself as the God of peace before Gideon ever lifted a finger. In the midst of them going through hell, in the midst of them having to go to war and look like they're going to lose, God reveals himself as peace. He doesn't reveal himself as peace to you when things are going fine. He wants you to know his peace in the midst of your worst struggle. Mm -hmm. Amen. God is Jehovah Shalom. It is Judges chapter 6, verse 24. Amen. He says, so Gideon built an altar there to the Lord and called it. The Lord is peace. Amen. Isn't that good? What you're going through, the Lord wants to show you his peace. In the middle of the storm, mm -hmm. at the beginning of the storm, through the storm, he is Emmanuel. He is God with us. Amen. But we've got to give him our thoughts. We've got to give him our anxieties. Make your anxieties known to him. But with prayer and with petition, supplication, giving thanks 
to God, then he gives us the peace that passes all understanding. Amen. 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 Let's pray. Okay. Father, in Jesus' name, I just, Lord, I just acknowledge your greatness and your power and your presence, your spirit. Lord, we just thank you this morning for the blood of Jesus that just cleanses us of all this mess that we come walking in here with. A mess that could never be clean. I thank you, Lord. Jesus paid it all. All to him I owe. Sin has left its crimson stain, but you have washed it white as snow. Oh, praise the one who paid my debt. Lord, that you gave everything for us. But Lord, as we walk in this salvation, we have these thoughts and these struggles and these anxieties. And Lord, these literal circumstances that it looks like we have no hope. Lord, we just ask right now that we would just turn our hearts and our minds and our thoughts to you. And that you, Jehovah Shalom, would come and give us peace, but also fight our battles. These battles that look like we're facing giants. But Lord, that you would just cut them down to size and give us victory. Give us this peace that passes all understanding. Lord, we just repent of hanging on to these negative thoughts. And Lord, we just release them to you. Your word says to cast our burdens onto you. Cast them. Throw them, violently throw them to you. Cast our burdens on Jesus, for he cares for us. Thank you, Lord. We just praise your holy name. We just ask you for victory this week. It's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen.